Hi, I'm Tony Parente. And I'm Mickey Pagano Parente. We're owners of Branding Shorts Creative Content Agency. And we're, we're a, a couple, couple of, of entrepreneurs. entrepreneurs. We started this podcast because there are so many couples in business just like us. Entrepreneurs who took risks, some even spent their life savings to build a successful business. Together, without ending their relationships. In this podcast, you'll hear their inspiring stories. Get tips, advice, and the secret to success for any entrepreneurial journey. Welcome to our podcast, A Couple of Entrepreneurs. From being chased by a pig and riding an eight-foot ostrich, to building a practice that grew from two to 38 employees, and they've never turned down a four-legged client in need. Meet Andy and Donna, the amazing couple behind Pembroke Animal Hospital in New Hampshire. Welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. We're going to have you guys just briefly introduce yourself and, you know, and what you guys do and, and where you do it. I'm Andy Julian, and this is my wife, Donna, and we're veterinarians in New Hampshire. We worked separately at first when we first graduated, and then... He started a practice in 97, and I joined him in 99. So how did you guys, what made you guys think about starting a practice together? Well, we both, you know, we met in vet school, so we both had the same interest. So we knew we both wanted to practice, and we both worked for somebody else for a while, several years, and then um, we wanted to do it on our own. So I Andy sh- always wanted to own his own practice. That was a goal of his. Yeah, I don't, I don't like working for somebody else so uh, I'd rather do my own thing so I started a practice by myself with one technician and then <clears throat> she kept her job for income so we needed yeah we to needed pay the, the bills. income <laughs> and then two years later when the practice was sort of going uh, she joined me and we just kind of grew it together so you know it's what we always wanted to do I guess it's nice being able yeah, to have your own rules because you work for somebody else and they decide how they're going to run the practice and to some degree you have autonomy, but if they say, you know, no charitable cases or something like that, then your hands are tied. But if it's your own practice, you can make decisions together and decide how you want to run it. And that's really nice. So I started the business with just small animals, just dogs and cats. Because that's all I do. That's really all I'm interested in doing. Um, Donna adds a huge part to the practice because she brought the large animal part, horses and sheep and goats and everything else. So when we combined forces, we could do everything. We could do small animal, large animal, uh, surgery. Um, and then we just keep adding to it. Like as we go, we've added grooming and boarding and daycare and I mean, there's no end to what you can do. So why, so why did you guys want to be vets? Like, what was it that drove you guys? Because my, as you guys know, my brother's a veterinarian. Like, and right. and I, and God bless you guys. I, it would be a tough job for me. <laughs> and the animals would not want me to be a vet. So, what drove you guys with that interest, that common interest, like to go in that field? That's all I ever wanted to do. Yeah, I mean, I mean. that's all I ever wanted to do. We always, we both are kind of animal lovers, and from the time we were kid, little kids. And so, you know, what else are you going to do if you if you just want to work with animals and and rescue them and help treat them. help yeah. them? So, you know, it was a common interest both of us, and um, I mean, that's all we do, really. 
So. So you grew, you grew up with that. It was just an interest growing up. Oh yeah. Well, it's oh, interesting wow, it's because awesome. interesting because my family, my dad, never let us have pets. He didn't like animals. My mom didn't like animals. I always snuck one home. But maybe it's a rebellious thing. Maybe it's rebellion because they never let me have any that I went overboard on the other end when I got to school. I don't know. And now, how many dogs did you say you have? Your personal person and your personal, personal life. dogs. Yeah, eleven. So that's, <laughs> that's a it's wonderful. a it's a lot of rebellion going on. <laughs> a lot of rebellion. When we got married, I had I had two, and she had three when we got married, and we thought that was a lot, and that was the least amount we ever had. <laughs> it's a very dangerous profession, you know. There's needy dogs everywhere. That, I mean, most of our dogs, probably half of them, were going to be put down for various reasons, you know. And we didn't amazing. think that was necessary, so they came home to live with us. That's amazing. And now, now they can play basketball. You have five on five plus a referee. How many like people working in your business right now versus when you guys started, and and how did you grow it? So when we started, it was, I opened it, um, I took an, an old building and I converted it to an animal hospital and I, it was just me and one person, my receptionist, who doubled as my technician. And kennel worker. And kennel worker. <laughs> so it was just the two of us. And then as we got busier, we added another tech. Now we have a staff of 38 employees. What was the key to like? build it well obviously i'm gonna say bringing donna in was probably one of the most important things right that, right. Was, that was the that was the catch right there well it's so i mean there is a new hampshire does have a lot of backyard horses you know goats pets and and there aren't that many veterinarians unfortunately who want to do large animal because you have to be on call you know you have to you work you make less money but it's it's a really a service that is needed and there are veterinary hospitals in the area, um, but most of them are small animal only. So they always need someone to do large animals. So that was easy. And then if you're doing the horse, they also have dogs, you know, and so it just makes it simple that they bring their dogs and cats in and that grows it. And then they tell their friend, there's a lot of word of mouth that goes around. So the reason that we keep growing is a lot of clinics, if they have one or two doctors, they stop taking new patients. So they'll say, you know, no, no new clients. So they call around until they find us. And we, our philosophy is we're, we're always gonna take new patients. So in order to do that, you have to grow. So if you get a new patient, you know, eventually you're gonna have to add another doctor. And we don't, we never stop saying no new, we never said no new patients. So we just keep adding staff so that we can accommodate all the new patients that are coming. So I figured since we opened, we've averaged maybe two new clients every day that we've been open. Wow, that's amazing. Wow. That's amazing. So that's how we've grown so fast. We still get two or three new clients every day. You must have had some challenges along the way, right? I mean, starting a business is, can't always be like, oh, just simple to grow, right? What were some of the challenges you guys experienced as you started to grow it. Staffing is the hardest. Exactly, staffing. That's that's where your challenges come in. Good people up front. It makes a, I, you know, I think reception is the hardest job because people can be wretched to the front desk and mean and demanding. And then the veterinarian goes out and then all of a sudden they turn into sweet sugar pie. And that, 
makes me sad because that's not any way to treat people. But front desk always gets the angry client, you know, or the people on the phone that, or the scared client or the whatever, and they have to be the first door to calm them down, to help them. And then, and they always get the brunt of the people's bad behavior, which is too bad. So it's hard to keep a good receptionist who can be patient, who can communicate clearly, who can stay calm in the midst of craziness. Um, and that's a hard job. And then the thing about getting so big with so many employees is the turnover increases because people leave for whatever reason, then you gotta replace them. So you're always training. Um, always training new employees and it gets it gets more challenging the, the bigger you get with the number of employees you have how do you find what do you look for I mean because it's interesting we've had other couples talk to us about getting the right people so what do you guys look for to make sure you get the right people whether it's receptionist whether it's a technician to bring into the practice they have to have a good team attitude you know understand that teamwork is key because we are like a big family in some ways. We keep, you know, have each other's backs. We're looking out for everybody. So they have to like animals. <laughs> they have to be able to talk to people. And they have to have a good team mentality. They look at us like Ma and Pa. Do you have a daughter who works with you guys now? Yeah, everybody loves her. You know, all the staff. Because they've known her for a while. And uh, yeah, she's doing a great job. And how does that dynamic work? Because it's a husband, wife, it's a couple of entrepreneurs, and then it's a daughter. So do you guys talk shop all the time? Yes. <laughs> all the time. And our other daughter hates it because it, it grosses her out when we talk about abscesses at the dinner table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she hates it. But the three of us, we get carried away and we forget, we forget that she wasn't part of it. So... Uh, she's a very big our other daughter's a very big animal lover but she's very sensitive so blood and guts is not her thing and the idea of stabbing a dog to give it a vaccination which is important for their health you know she just wouldn't want to be that mean and do that kind of stuff so but she has a slew of animals so herself so it's hard to turn it up right it's not it's not so much so we, we ask other couples it's like about work-life balance and what they say is well it's really not it's more like work-life integration i mean is that the way you guys see it it's kind yes. of yes we can't turn it off because we come home and we got 11 dogs and five cats and you know we got six horses and goats sheep yeah alpacas chickens so we never turn it off but it's because we love what we do that's the right. beauty of it Right. I mean, it's not just a job. It is a lifestyle, and it's a joy to be able to be doing what you love. And that's why we stay together, because if we either one of us married somebody that didn't like animals, mm. <laughs> it wouldn't last. Right. But we we're both in the same boat, so, you know, it, it works out very well. That's an important thing. No, that's that great. You both love with you. You love the same thing. And you love what you do. I love that. I love that. Well, how and you, you love what you do together. Well, let me. How do you guys make decisions like for the business together? Like, I mean, because I'm. It, it can't. I mean, we never always agree. <laughs> so, like on our business, right? And so sometimes it's like we. It's like how do you come to a resolution when you want to decide on doing something here or there with us with video? How do you guys like work through decisions? And if you don't agree, how do you work it out? You talk about it. Andy is much more the businessman. I 
don't like the business side of it nearly as well. He's very good at the business side of it. And so, yeah. And so he'll say, this is what we need to do. And then we discuss it and try and if I really hate it, then can we find a compromise? Can we find a way to make it that it will work both ways? Because yes, we... I would have gone under if it was me running the business, but since he runs the business side of it, um, it works. Yeah, I enjoyed the business. I enjoyed starting the business. I enjoyed running the business. Donna's an excellent veterinarian. She's way better than I am, but that's what we need because she runs that part of it, and I just run the business and the numbers and that kind of thing, and so it works out good. Strange. So you guys... No, it's a similar similar with us. Tony's more the business guy. I'm I'm the creative, um, or the creative person. So, and I, I I I prefer not to get into the business stuff. You know, you guys you're talking a lot about like we talked about like how to bring in the right people and what you guys look for, etc. But obviously, it sounds like you guys are doing a great job in terms of working with the people. What is there something or principles of working with people to get the most out of them, keep morale high? You know, when you when you're managing this many people with you, know, you have 38 people in your in your group in your practice. Communication is really key, and and being approachable. You know, I want them to feel they can come to me with any questions or problems or issues, and we try and help. Where you know, sit down, and talk about it, kind of thing, and and see if we can work through it. We have some great veterinarians too. One of our veterinarians is um, she's really good at morale. Like she'll say, okay, we're having a week where it's winter and it's cold. So uh, this is bring cookies to work week, you know, so everyone brings, you know, and so everyone gets involved in that. And this is bring salads or, you know, she'll get theme nights or, you know, costumes and holidays. And we, she's really good at being creative that way. And it's great. And so any kind of morale boosters or, or unification, I guess, we, we try to have an office, we have an, well, we do have an office Christmas party every year. We try to have a summer outing with everybody, that kind of thing. It just builds friendships and supports. And then most of our employees are really great. They really want the hospital to succeed. So food. Food is a good motivator. Yes. They watch me come in and they look to see if I have donuts in my hand or not. <laughs> And if I do, everybody's in a good mood that day. Right. <laughs> well, you know, you're talking to two, Ita- two Italians here, so we get yeah. the food thing. You know, yeah, it's so simple, right? right? Just a little bit right. of donut. Oh, my God. Donuts. It's so simple. So on the client side, what do you guys see? Like, what's the secret for clients, right? You guys are built, you built such a great client base. Like, what's the secret for a client to say, man, this is great. I recommend these guys to my friend who has a dog. Because it... Because you're literally sometimes, right? I mean, in your business, you're dealing with life and death sometimes, right? Trying to save animals or, you know, et cetera. So, like, what, what's the key to keeping a happy client, you know, to deal with these clients and what could be tough situations sometimes? I think a big key is listening to them and, you know, empathizing. They're not just a number to us. You know, they are somebody's beloved pet owner and they have their beloved pet and sometimes they can be exasperating and sometimes you know you have a lot of compassion sometimes you want to slap them up the side of the head if they are neglecting their animal you know or doing a terrible job but for the most part clients like it when you listen to them and you you genuinely want to help them with their pet right we don't talk at them we listen to their concerns 
and we work with their concerns in the best way we can. But um, it's basically, yeah, communication and basically listening to uh, what they're concerned about with their pet. So it's really, yeah, having empathy and, and engaging them and just listening. And... Right. And that's, that's an important quality. Yeah, when we interview a vet, it's like, how well do I talk to them? How, you know, you can tell when you're talking to someone if they're listening or if they're just all about, it's me. You can't have a huge ego. You know, you have to just say, we're here to help. And how can we best help you? Yeah, I love that. That's great. Especially with animals, it's such an emotional thing. You know, being, uh, you know, they're your babies. Um, so do you have a got any guiding principles by, you know, so you've been, you guys have been in business for quite a while. So do you have any guiding principles that we say, okay, this is our compass. Just being honest with the client. Um, not selling them stuff they don't need. Just, you know, it's a tough one. Yeah. Um, yeah, be, being honest with the client. It's not all about the money. In fact, it's very little about the money. You have to survive, but... I think veterinary medicine has gotten so expensive that we want to make we want to make it affordable. So we help people that can't really afford it. We give them lots of options um, to save their pet. Bottom line is we want to save the pet, and we're, we're, flexibility is yeah. Is we key. want them to know that it's not about just making money from them. That we really care about their pet. Um, so service, I guess good service, service is right. important in a business. Right. If you have poor service, nobody's going to stay with you. Even And even if you are the most spectacularly brilliant veterinarian in the world. If Which you, we are. <laughs> not. 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 Um, if you can't communicate or empathize, like you say, or be of service, then people don't care. Right. Good service is the bottom line. So we do a lot of work with rescues. Donna's got a rescue that she works with. It's called Mainly Rat Rescue. So They that- rescue rats, and Donna gets a half a dozen a week or more that she spays and neuters for them. <laughs> and and what, do you, what do you do with the rats? Pet rats? Actually, they're great pets. They're, yeah. they're really good because they're very personable. They're very friendly. They don't last that long. You, you know what? You'll have like the whole city of New York coming up to New Hampshire. Oh, you guys, like, yeah. <laughs> there was years, a few years ago. There, rat people are a little strange too. I mean, you got to admit. And so there was a situation in New York where someone had rats and got rats into hoarding. No, they had rats, and they ended up with like two hundred of them. Lost their mind and dumped them out on a freeway in New York City. Oh, my God. And so Mainly Rat Rescue, this organization, called up all their people and everybody went running out and caught these rats and trapped them. And then they processed them all and found them homes. They're domestic pet rats. Yeah. But people get overwhelmed with them and they get rid of them, just like or, or just like pit bulls or any other dogs that they, get, that they give up. They give yeah. up their rats. Wow. I never even knew there was like rat idea. rescue. Oh, wow. Now, living in New York City for many years, like you see rats, and you're like, oh, like we see, we used to see rats eating like a big slice of pizza, going walking oh, down yeah. the street, like yeah. in New York. Like, yeah. yeah, no, you don't want to mess with those rats. Yeah, we don't, you don't deal don't with, mess those. with those rats because you yeah. can't. 
I was going to ask you guys, and this was actually a different type of story. Like, if there's any unusual stories or that you guys want to share about dealing with a, you know, a, an animal or the business that, you know, I mean, um, that you guys run into over your career. We had to go and castrate some piglets. Um, and mama pigs are very protective. So you have to make sure that you are safe from mama pig before you stay. Because if you pick up any pig, it screams. You, you can pick it up and snuggle it and shower it with kisses and they will scream bloody murder if their feet leave, leave the ground. It's just the way pigs are. They're not very snuggly. Anyway, so if you're going to pick up a piglet, you want to make sure mom can't hear it. Anyway, so Jean and I, uh, one of our techs, were going out to do some piglets and they had locked the moms in these little sheds and so the piglets were loose outside. <laughs> And so we picked up the first piglet and screamed, Mom went launching through a window that was too small for her, but she took out the whole window in the side and came charging after us. So we had to go tearing for the fence. It's fun. Don't, oh, my God. Yeah. Donna has a client also that uh, raises ostriches. Oh, yeah. And so she can probably tell you better, but they were out. They're, they're tough animals to work on because they're huge and they're strong. And they don't like being held. Yeah. This guy has ostriches. His farm is called Foul Language Farm, F-O-W-L, which I think is funny. He had one that cut its throat on something. They're very curious. They're like toddlers. You know, they're like, oh, what's that? If you, if you walk into an ostrich pen, if you have anything shiny, glasses, uh, earrings, anything, they, you know, they come over and they have to check it out. So they... And they're like eight feet tall, so they'll poke your head. I mean, and it's just like a bunch of like, oh, what's that? Oh, what's that? Anyway, they're funny. Um, so this one, I don't know what he'd run into, but he'd cut his neck and he'd go to eat and the food was falling out. So we really had to stitch it up because his esophagus was torn. And so there is some sedation, which we don't do a lot of, and it's kind of hard to know how to sedate and you can't weigh him. But we did get him sedated, except he wasn't sedated enough. Anyway, so then we were just trying to get hold of him to sit on him, basically, and wrangle him. And, oh, he was so tough. Yeah, and it ended up where I had, you know, his head. I was, I had his neck. And then, yeah, I was holding onto a fence, and I was trying to hold him up against the fence. And I ended up pretty much sitting on him. Because the other vet, there was another vet, and she was going around in the other side of the fence and was trying to stitch while I held him still, and the owner jumped on his back, too. I mean, it was such a rodeo. It was crazy. But we did get it done, and he healed, which was phenomenal. I love it. Oh, and it worked. You guys actually It did work. Yeah, we did end up succeeding in stitching up really fast his neck, and it healed, and he's running around. Well, I don't know. Is ostrich riding a sport somewhere? I think I've heard of it before. I don't know where. It's gotta be. They're very not. strong. I mean, he. <laughs> They're very strong. I, well, I don't weigh as much as he does, but I mean, I'm a solid weight for a ostrich to carry, and yet he didn't seem to have any trouble. Me and the owner, both sitting on him, and he's oh still ready to get up. Yeah, it was amazing. So, I, so I get why Andy wants to stick with the small animal. You got your yeah. piggy, pig, pig charging through windows after you. Ostrich is trying to throw you on their back. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> Andy, you married an incredibly strong woman. And incredibly, you are very lucky. <laughs> really? I do. He's amazing. I knew that. <laughs> oh, my God, man. 
How, how wow. long do they live, ostriches? 10, 15 years. Well, we're, not, we're, not getting, we're not getting a pet ostrich in Hoboken. So if you were to give some tips, like three tips to couples who are thinking about starting a business together, uh, what would you say? Communicate. Uh, any, any, it doesn't have to be any tips. Don't, uh, don't take, don't take life too seriously. You got to have a sense of humor. You know, if you're just too uptight, you're going to struggle. You're going to fight with each other. You know, you got to, it's give and take. You give into, you give in a lot, you know, um, and you just work together and you share ideas and, you know, you, you put the other person first, basically. Um, if I had to do everything my way, it wouldn't be fair. And I understand that it wouldn't be fair. So I take her ideas and she takes my ideas and I do things that I don't necessarily want to do, like large animal. I, I, if it was up to me, I would do strictly small animal. And she knows that. But she likes doing large animal, horses and stuff. So so we add that on. It's half of the practice. And um, it's give and take. It's give and take. It's not all about me. It's about us. You know, what we want to do as a, as a business together. That's great. That's, that's really great advice. I love it. Really great advice. And Don, anything to add? or? Well, um, we always ask God for guidance too. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we have a, we have a common faith, and that's important. I think because it keeps us sort of focused on that, and focused not just in the right place. Right. It helps keep the ego in check. Yes. Yeah. For more information about our guests and their practice, visit Pembroke hyphen animal hyphen hospital dot com. That's P E M B R O K E hyphen animal hyphen hospital dot com. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share, subscribe, and give us a review. We would so appreciate it. A couple of entrepreneurs is available on all podcast platforms. For more information about our business and what we do, visit brandingshorts.com. Thanks for listening.